All right. Well, hey, everyone, and uh, welcome tonight. It is May the 31st, 2021. Make sure I'm coming in loud and clear there. And this is another edition of Your Questions, God's Questions. And I try to do this on Monday night as I uh, have the ability to do so, especially when people give me questions. And uh, we've got a good one tonight, and I do realize that the puck may have dropped in Toronto uh, tonight, So, um, but it, someone's on here, so whoever you are, let me know who you are. It's always nice when you participate in this broadcast, okay? I want to entertain your questions. Feel free to do that uh, by using the comments uh, a tab on Facebook or YouTube. We uh, also make this, uh, we make an audio of this and put it on Podbean and Apple Podcasts as well. Hi, Joelle, faithful as usual. Great to see you tonight. And uh, Jilda, great to see you as well. You are not looking at the puck good. <laughs> well, I think I will look at it uh, after I'm done with this. But this is a more interesting subject than a mere hockey game that we're dealing with tonight. And so uh, what we're going to do is a question. Are Christians judgmental? Are Christians judgmental? Now, when you are talking to non-Christian people and uh, you talk to them about the fact that you're a Christian, you're part of a church, etc., the most common objection that non-Christian people have these days about Christians is you're judgmental. I don't want to go to your church because Christians are judgmental. They hate everything. Everything is wrong. Uh, they're not going to like me. I feel judged all the time, and I, I'm not interested. And uh, that's a common criticism. I'm not saying it's a valid criticism or an invalid criticism, but it is a criticism that people have of the church and of Christians. Now, the question was put to me in a little bit of a different way, but I'm broadening it uh, tonight. And... Um, it was with reference to a passage of Scripture. I'll put a couple of them on the screen for you. Look at that. It worked good. Uh, I'll put a couple of them on the screen for you. Uh, in particular, this was out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that the person was referring to, and also some stuff in chapters 1, chapter 2 of Paul's uh, letter to the Corinthians, at least the first one that we have in the New Testament. There happens to be a lost letter to the Corinthians that we don't have. So we really wrote at least three letters to them. We only have two in our Bibles. But in any case, um, the passage that um, that got this person thinking, uh, I had read in um, a sermon a couple of weeks ago, and it's out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and it's a very strong um, uh, judgment. I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, Paul writes to the Corinthians, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. That's a judgment. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, 
For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? And we talked a little bit about that in this sort of superstar Christianity <clears throat> that happens uh, uh, in the in the church in some cases today, anyway. Uh, and but you can read much of uh, the Corinthian First Corinthians letter and see things that look like judgment. So you have uh, in chapter five, you have a man who is in uh, a illicit relationship with his father's, uh, his uh, with his stepmother, essentially. And uh, Paul says, you got to put this guy out of the church. And um, he's, he's saying you need to judge him. And, uh, but that's, that's a kind of a, gets us wondering, well, what does this mean? Because didn't Jesus say in Matthew chapter 7, you do not judge? That's the beginning of the chapter, at least as we have it in our modern Bibles. So uh, what's going on here? Are Christians judgmental? Is that what we're known for? Is it right to judge? Is it wrong to judge? Um, we certainly live in a culture where judgment on somebody else or on someone else's behavior is not um, praised. So uh, if you're in a conversation with someone and you say that, you say, I think what you're doing is wrong, or I think you're wrong in this decision, or I think your behavior is wrong, or your lifestyle is wrong, or something like that. It's, well, don't judge me. Uh, you're judging me. And when people know a little bit of the Bible, they say, well, Jesus said, don't judge. And people love that passage and love to cite that passage and say, well, don't judge. Well, does that mean you can never say that something is wrong? Does that mean that um, every, anything goes? Does that mean that any behavior, any way of living is fine and we can't say anything about it? We can't say it's wrong. We can't say it's right because that would be judging. Is that what Jesus is teaching? Is that what the Bible is trying to teach? Is that what Christianity is all about? Is that what love is about? Um, so what does all this mean? Uh, so I want to look at a few passages here that are often, um, well, one of them in particular, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, is often used to try and make it seem like judging is wrong and judging should never be done in any context. Uh, so I want to look at that and a couple of other things with you tonight. Um, so in Matthew uh, chapter 7, and verse 1, here we have it um, from the mouth of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. And by the way, don't be afraid to share this content. I try to make it uh, comprehensible to both the Christian and the non-Christian. And I very much consider these Monday night Q&As as outreach and uh, reaching people who are far from God. That's why we do it on the internet, uh, because it can go anywhere in the world. So please do not be shy to share. I won't uh, embarrass you uh, if you hit that share button, I promise you. So Jesus says, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, in the you know middle to back half of the magnificent Sermon on the Mount, he just got finished talking about worrying, and um, he says, do not judge do not judge, but read the rest. 
or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And he goes on and he says, well, you know, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank, a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. You hypocrite. Sounds like very judgmental language from Jesus who's saying don't judge, and yet he's calling someone a hypocrite for judging. Hmm. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door shall be opened to you. Continues talking about the wide and narrow gate. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Many enter it. Small is narrow is the gate that leads to life. And only a few find it watch out for false prophets they come in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ferocious wolves ferocious wolves pigs dogs that's very judgmental language that jesus is using and yet he's also saying do not judge so really what's going on in this particular passage when it comes to the subject of judgment is jesus is saying when you judge, be careful. Be very careful that you do not judge as a hypocrite. Because you've got this plank in your eye when you're going for the speck. So he's saying that's hypocritical judgment. When you judge somebody else, the same standard is going to be measured to you. It is not a dictum uh, forbidding judgment. It is a dictum forbidding judgment in a hypocritical fashion, and that's different because Jesus uses all kinds of judgmental language. Um, he's, he's judging false prophets. This thing about dogs and pigs, these are, these are terms used back in that time talking about Gentiles. They would toss around this kind of language about Gentiles, and they'd call each other names. Jews would call Gentiles names. Gentiles would call Jews names and so on, in very judgmental language. God bless you, Imad. Great to see you tonight. Thank you for tuning in. So uh, this is about being careful that in your relationships with people, when you judge, you do not commit the same error as them and have this plank in your eye. You can't even see. You're so blind with this plank in your eye and there you are trying to pick the speck out of somebody else's eye. So he's saying, you don't judge like that. It's not, a, it's not forbidding judgment. It's forbidding judgment in a hypocritical fashion. Or else Jesus wouldn't use all this other judgmental language. Even narrow and uh, narrow is the gate that leads to life. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. That's judgment. 
that is a judgmental passage. So we need to be careful uh, that we don't take the Sermon in the Mount, on the Mount, this particular part of it, or any part, and just rip it out of its context to try and fit it in to what we want to make it say. Okay, that's one thing. Uh, when we uh, when we also look at what Jesus said, um, Jesus actually commanded people uh, to judge in another instance. If you look at John's Gospel, I'm reading through this painfully slowly myself, way too slowly. Uh, but John chapter 7 and verse 24, this is Jesus at the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, where Jews were require, required to make a, an appearance in Jerusalem at the temple, Sukkot, um, they call it, and uh, Jesus is teaching in the feast, and um, he is he is being very pointed uh, toward the ultra-religious who take issue with the fact that in John chapter 5 he healed somebody on the Sabbath day. And um, this is what Jesus says to them, verse 21, chapter 7 of John's Gospel. I did one miracle, and you were all astonished. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but it came from the patriarchs, it's before Moses, you, cir you circumcise a child on the Sabbath. So, in other words, you're after me for healing somebody on the Sabbath, and you circumcise somebody on the Sabbath. Hmm. Now, if a child can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses can, may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing the whole man on the Sabbath? <laughs> so, when a person, when a, a little boy was circumcised, an infant was circumcised, it meant they were marked of God, set apart, sanctified for God. It, it, it was a sign of their allegiance to Yahweh, their Judaism. It still is today. And he says, you know, Mo, you, you do that on the Sabbath. The patriarchs gave it to you. Moses enforced it. You do that on the Sabbath. But I'm healing the whole man. In a sense, I'm sanctifying the whole person. And what does he say in verse 24, John 7? Stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment so jesus doesn't forbid judgment at all in the sense that we we try to in in the uh, modern era especially in the western world au contraire right he's not he's not doing that he's very very um, um specific about hypocrisy and you will find jesus often calling out hypocrisy uh, i mean look at the entire the entire Old Testament is filled with prophets who judged, who judged. They were God's people to uh, remind Israel of the law. And they judged and they told the people, if you don't follow the law that God gave you through Moses, you're going to be judged. They judged all the time. We even have a book in the Old Testament called Judges, where God raises up these judges to essentially try to judge and to keep people in line and to constantly redeem Israel when Israel had had fallen and had backslidden. It's a very depressing book, the book of Judges, but it's about judgment specifically. So we have to be careful of this notion. Now, are Christians judgmental? Mm, because again, your non-Christian friends sure think that we are. Um, okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, chapter 3, talking to the church about 
Uh, they're still worldly. There's jealousy. There's quarreling. Superstars. You're following superstar Christians instead of following Jesus. Uh, chapter 5, you've got a man who's in a sexual relationship with his stepmother. Kick him out of the church, Paul says. Hand him over to Satan, Paul says. Maybe he'll go through the fire and he'll be, he'll be saved in the end, so to speak. Uh, sounds very judgmental. What's going on? Uh, it should, you know, this posture that we have uh, today is often so offensive to people because to them, uh, we're just saying everything is wrong. Uh, perhaps the leading issue of the day uh, has to do uh, also with sexuality, ironically, but the whole LGBTQ, uh, we, we are often viewed as exceedingly judgmental uh, by people who are part of that uh, community, so to speak. Um, is it true? Well, uh, note a couple of things here. Paul is addressing a church. He's addressing a group of believers who who are under um, the, the, the ethical uh, standard of the Spirit of God. And um, so he's being quite judgmental toward them because they are followers of Jesus, or at least endeavoring to do so. They're part of the community of faith. It's interesting, you don't often see Paul do this with people outside of the church. Uh, when he is preaching, while he, for example, in Athens, is very disturbed by all of the idols that he sees, he does not judge the people, per se, for their idolatry. Instead, he tries to find a way to talk about Jesus through their uh, idol to the unknown God, for example, in, in Athens. So uh, he, he sometimes is different with the non-believing world uh, than he is with the churches. Um, and you do see things also in his letters to the Corinthians that show that you do need to practice discipline and judgment within the household of faith, within the community of faith. Now, here's where the problem lies, is that often Christians will behave with their non-Christian, non-believing friends, co-workers, classmates, schoolmates, teammates, in uh, what appears to be a very self-righteous, arrogant, and judgmental fashion, because there is an expectation, uh, I'm just posting something here from Gilda. Sorry, I'm going to put this on. We have family in Italy. They're very uh, judgmental towards the Christians in the church. They do exactly what Paul says. Okay, interesting. So um, um, we, we have to distinguish between two kinds of people. And I think sometimes the church fails to do this. We're throwing uh, uh, stones, so to speak, at people who are not part of the household of faith. They're they're not Christians. They're not saved. They don't they don't know the Bible. They don't know the sort of the you know ethical ideas and these things that that we espouse to live by. They don't know these things, but we we treat them as if they should. And they find it very judgmental. They find it very condemning. They find it very arrogant. And uh, it puts them off. 
perhaps a better approach, again, with the non-believing person is to try and find a way to talk to them. Um, Gilda continues, there are many who left the faith because of it. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I can, I'll, I'll address that in a second. But when we're dealing with the, with the non-Christian, we have to be careful. Uh, don't treat a person who's not a Christian as if they should know better, because oftentimes they don't. Uh, you've got to let the Spirit of God do the work of convicting a person. And your job as as the believer is to deliver the mail, deliver the gospel message to the person. But be very careful telling them, you know, you're a sinner and you're this and you're this and you're this and you're this because the Bible says this, 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 this. Well, they don't even know what the Bible says. So uh, you've you got to be very careful about that. Now, within the church... Uh, there can be, and this is what Jilda is identifying here in her in her comments, within the church there can be a very uh, a super religious, legalistic um, way of judging. And what some people do inside the church with the community of faith uh, is that they do that kind of, you know, you're, you're in the church now so you shouldn't smoke and you shouldn't cuss, and, you know, you need to clean this up and change this and change this and change this and change this. And uh, it comes across as, again, very judgmental. Now, uh, there is a place for this, for sure. When we read Paul, when we read the, the, the whole Bible, there's definitely a place to, to uh, deal with behavior uh, in the church and in the community of faith. Absolutely there is. But when is that time? We have to be very, very careful with that. Oftentimes, new believers come in, and they, they're just learning these things. And what they need is stability and grounding rather than people pointing their fingers in, as Jesus said in Matthew 7, judgment of a hypocritical fashion. So, Jilda, I would say that the plank in the eye uh, does happen within the community of faith, uh, you do have that kind of hypocritical judgment happen on occasion. It puts people off for sure. And I think that's what you're identifying uh, in your comments there. And uh, I've seen this many times. Again, you have this kind of religious legalism happening within the church, within the community of faith. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount certainly has a lot of Jewish people around him as he's preaching there. And so they know, you know, the law, they, they have an understanding uh, of that. And he's talking again how people should treat one another and in their relationships and so on. And when they are judging one another in a hypocritical fashion, Jesus says, with the measure you judge, it's going to be meted out to you. Paul says it in the book of Romans. He says, you know, do, do you, you who, who say don't steal, do you steal? You who say don't commit adultery, do you commit adultery? Be careful. Uh, we even see it in the in the non non believing world. I mean, um, uh, do you know why people are always looking for the dirt on politicians? Well, because politicians make the laws. Politicians judge. They say this is legal, this is illegal, and by implication, this is right, this is wrong. And so, when we catch a politician breaking their own rules. We call them out on it, okay? We've got an example here locally. It's a bit of a silly example, but still an example where the mayoress of, uh, of Montreal, or mayor, mayoress, whatever you say now, um, 
uh, Valérie Plante, uh, who would certainly advocate for the the uh, you know social distancing and all of the decrees that have been have put into place by the provincial government. Um, she would certainly agree with this. Well, she was caught on camera uh, on, I think it was Friday, uh, out on a terrace, yes, but with too many people not from her family on the terrace. And, of course, people photographed it, and it made the press and say, look, uh, you know, look, she's breaking her own rules. This is an example. It's exactly what Jesus said. With the measure you judge, you're going to be judged, whether you like it or not, right? And I think she's uh, since apologized, and rightfully so. Again, I, in my view, a small thing. Uh, but still, that's it's exactly what Jesus is talking about. So we've got to avoid, within the community of faith, this kind of hypocritical judgment. And we also have to remember, when you're talking to a person who's a different religious view or not a Christian at all, and doesn't know the Bible and all of these things, don't treat them as if they do, because they don't. You're going to push. You're probably going to push them further away uh, by treating them as if they should know better when they don't. Uh, so we need to be careful, because I think in some cases the perception that the church is uh, uh, just judgmental. Period. Sometimes that perception is true. Sometimes it's false. It depends. Um, and you know, even even. Um, um, John the Baptist. I mean, John the Baptist called out the behavior of of uh, Herod. Uh, I forget which Herod it was, but I um, have to get the names right there because of his his relation. His, his marriage was immoral, uh, he, he, and so it, John the Baptist calls it out, and he eventually uh, loses his life because of it. He calls out the unrighteousness. Uh, it's not that Herod was. Uh, a Gentile or totally non-Jewish in that sense, um, but you could say he's calling out, you know, the behavior of this politician uh, who may not be all that together religious. Um, but again, that's that's an example of how uh, judgment is done. Yeah, at least in that case. And, you know, John the Baptist, very edgy figure, very controversial, very prophetic. We often see the prophets in the Old Testament doing the same thing. They call out the behaviors of the kings, both Gentile and Jew. Uh, they call them out publicly. Why? Because they're leaders. And uh, leaders who, you know, say certain things, uh, if they don't do those things, they're going to be judged because they're supposed to be the examples. Um, so, again, I think we just need to be very careful, especially these days. It's not that Jesus forbids judgment. He forbids hypocritical judgment. It's not that there shouldn't be judgment done in the church. It should be done in a non-hypocritical fashion, a very sensitive fashion. And we should not expect people who are uh, not Christians at all, who have no knowledge of the Bible at all, to behave as if they should. What we should be doing is talking to them about Jesus and who he is, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he rose from the dead, and that he can forgive us of our sins and set us right with God, that we can have a new relationship with God, a restored relationship with God uh, and eternal life. Now, that's what we should be starting with, okay? Uh, so I hope that's been um, a help for you and... Uh, uh, clarifies things for you uh jill uh, when we leave our family 
our heart aches for them because they are lost. My question, how will God judge these people? Well, uh, you may say, I think we could say they'll be judged with the same manner that they judged others. And they might well be experiencing that even now. Uh, so it, Jesus takes issue with this kind of thing. Uh, he preaches. He preached about it right there in Matthew chapter seven, two thousand years ago. Um, so I think I think people who behave that way, yeah, they need to be careful. That's the same kind of stuff that the Pharisees did and the teachers of the law. It's that kind of hypocritical judgment. You got this plank in your eye, and you're going after the speck of sawdust in somebody else's. So. It's a dangerous thing, and I think that's why we need to be sensitive and careful uh, of that that kind of um, uh, that kind of judgment, the hypocritical type judgment. So again, I hope this has been a benefit to you. Let me pray for you. Uh, and again, I encourage you to share this. Maybe you watch it, say, "Oh, that's good. That's good. That's worth sharing." I can think of somebody I would share that with. Will you go ahead and do that, Lord? I thank you for those who are on the on the uh, broadcast right now. Those who will watch, those who will listen, and I pray, Lord. Oh, wow, that you would you would help us to understand and grow such an important subject, the subject of judgment. So needed and yet done so uh, so out of step with your will so often. So help us, Lord, to um, uh, do so in a way that honors you and to be sensitive uh, and to be discerning. In these times, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for joining in. And uh, look forward to being with some of you. If you want to join in on Wednesday night, uh, we are doing a great Bible study on... Um, uh, it's an interview with a, um, a professor out of Oxford University, John Lennox, who's an outstanding defender of the Christian faith and does so in a very simplistic fashion. Uh, for us, and um, you're welcome, uh, Imad, and thanks for for coming in. And uh, yeah, study, share, and study more about judgment. Yeah, it's a big, big subject. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Uh, so yeah, Wednesday night on Zoom, and we're continuing that uh, that little interview with John Lennox. We learned two things. Uh, we learned that even the non-believing world uh, now thinks that the universe, the cosmos, had a beginning. So does Genesis chapter 1 and 1, by the way. And also, uh, we, we observed uh, that there, is, there, is a, there are constants in the universe, things that never change. Uh, they always stay the same. They are predictable. There are laws in the cosmos that are predictable. Those are two things we learned. We'll learn more on Wednesday night. Hope you can join with us. I will send out... A reminder, but you should already have the Zoom link. Everybody who's on, I think I know right now. Um, and so look forward to seeing you then. And we'll be back on Sunday morning at, back at Cineplex at 1030. Use our website to register. Uh, we will allow more people. And we should be able to have communion for the first time in over a year together in the same place, in the same room. So I hope that uh, many of you will come out on Sunday morning. Until then, God bless you, everyone.